0: Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. We only did one episode last week. I know. I know. It was so so hard to go throughout your day, out your week, going like, Man, it's Monday. I'm really excited for this edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Or, it's Friday. I'm super excited for this St. Patrick's Day edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And then once you wake up on that Friday, and you go, or on that Monday, and you sit there, Getting ready to go to work or getting ready to work out or doing whatever the hell it is you're doing and you go to Apple Spot, you go to Apple Podcast, you go to Spotify and there's no new Logan Blackman show episode. What are you to do? What are you to do? But no fret, no fret. We are back. We are doing a Monday show. So, don't cry. Don't cry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We might have missed last week. We might have missed last week, but that's because we had Mondraff 2.0 come out. Yay, everybody give Mondraff 2.0 a round of applause. Now, I will say this. About MockDraft 2.0. MockDraft 2.0 has received a lot less attention than MockDraft 1.0. MockDraft 1.0 is currently sitting at 148 views. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in and getting through that uh, smorgasbord of information. I don't know if you read the entire thing. If you read the entire thing, even a bigger round of applause for you guys. But if you just clicked on it just for the sake of clicking on it or you just clicked on it to see your team. 148 different people clicked on it. So I greatly appreciate that. And right now, six days later, seven days later when the show comes out, because we posted it last Monday, which was March 13th, there has only been 37 views on this mock draft. Now, I can understand why, to a certain extent, because mock draft 2.0 became pretty irrelevant after, what, the second day it was out? Because there were specific teams that took players or made deals with other teams that were like, well, shit, this is, uh kind of affected how this team would view the draft process, isn't it? Isn't it? Teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Dallas Cowboys made moves that I was not really expecting them to make. The Cincinnati Bengals made Orlando Brown, after he fumbled the bag in Kansas City the year before, signed him this offseason. They view, apparently the league views him as a right tackle. I don't know if they're going to play him at right tackle or left tackle yet. Because remember, Lyle Collins, their current starting right tackle towards ACL in, I think, week 16 last year. Or this past season. So there's a hole at right tackle for the time, being because I don't know when Lyle Collins' timetable is at this point. But they signed Orlando Brown. And now Jonah Williams has asked for a trade, or he's asked permission to seek a trade, I guess. So the option of tackle, we had Anton Harrison from Oklahoma going there. The option of tackle is still there, but it looks less likely because they've invested so much into the tackle positions as of late anyways. So that might be off the board. And then the Cowboys. In this mock draft, mock draft 2.0, we had the Cowboys selecting... Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker, with the connections to Arkansas, with him and Jerry Jones, the fact that he grew up and went to high school 18 minutes away from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and he's from Dallas in general. His first high school was 38 minutes away. The second one was 18 minutes away. But then they re-signed Lincoln Vander Esch. And when this we were typing this all up, it did not seem like – I've seen so many conflicting reports about the Dallas Cowboys this offseason – about what their plans are, what they're gonna do, who they're gonna keep, who they're gonna re-sign, who they're gonna cut, and whatever. I've seen so many different reports because when I was doing this, I saw Leighton Van Der Esch and the Dallas Cowboys do not really see eye to eye. So I went with Drew Sanders and I think it was even Wednesday. I think it was Tuesday when Leighton Van Der Esch officially it might have been Monday. Hell, it might have been Monday when Leighton Van Der Esch officially signed back with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't remember. But I don't think that's happening anymore. I don't think a move for a linebacker after just signing a linebacker back is going to be on the cards for the cow. It could be. It very well could be, but I think right now. And then the other, the other thing, though, the other thing, though, the other conflicting report I saw about the Cowboys when I was doing this mock draft as well, Cowboys again, it said, I saw an article that said it looks like the Cowboys are planning to go or continue on with this Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard running back tandem. I saw that, I believe, on Sunday. Last Sunday. And guess what? A few days later, the Cowboys officially release Ezekiel Elliott. And I thought this was official as well. I guess the Buccaneers hadn't already released Leonard Fournette because they officially released him last week. I thought they already released him. Wasn't that a thing that already happened? Or did they just not actually do it, they just announced they had plans to release him and then finally officially released him this past week? Regardless... The Cowboys right now, as it seems, because they just traded for Brandon Cooks today, which remember we talked about a couple weeks ago where we were talking about the whole Stephon Diggs to Dallas thing. Stephon Diggs restructured in Buffalo, which we were pretty confident he wasn't going to move to Dallas anyways. The Bills had about 40 million reasons why Stephon Diggs would not be moving to Dallas anyways. And so the Cowboys, instead of going for Stephon Diggs or trying to go out and sign Odell Beckham Jr. or going out to trade for Duggan, whatever the hell his name is, DeAndre Hopkins, I can really blanked on him. They went out and traded for Brandon Cooks, who was fairly convincingly not coming back to the Houston Texans this offseason because he was seeking a trade midway through last season. So he's already had his, uh, what do you testing the waters on on free agency or on trade acquisitions, And it's a guy that was thinking about retiring when he first got traded to Houston Texans for, I think, a first-round draft pick. He has been traded. This is the fourth time Brandon Cooks has been traded this offseason. This off season. <laughs> This is the fourth time Brandon Cooks has been traded throughout his career. And I think they, they said that's the most all-time with Eric Dickerson. I think that's what I saw earlier today. But again, there's just so many conflicting reports. Again, though, it is silly season. It is silly season. There are a lot of different things that could take place around this time, like the Minnesota Vikings. They let Patrick Peterson walk in free agency just signed with the Steelers. And then you have the likes of them cutting Cam Dantzler. And they went out and signed a predominantly slot corner or nickel corner in Byron Murphy from Arizona. And remember, I don't know if we actually talked about this. The NFL, I think it was the NFL PA, they came out with a whole list of like the best teams in regards to facilities, food, all that kind of stuff, and they gave like a letter grade for each. The Minnesota Vikings were rated as the best out of the entire NFL. The Cardinals were not only rated the worst, if I remember correctly, they were also responsible for making their players pay for their own meals as well. So it was like a school lunch type thing. So what would have happened if they typed in their punch code and they said, Oh, you don't have money in your account, which I think's crazy that like there had to be a bunch of people out there that are listening to this that couldn't like they were in a negative balance for lunch. like they didn't have lunch money or something. They would just take your food. You're in high school or middle school or damn, maybe you're even in elementary school and they're just taking your food. I remember being there like, oh my God, I just got my food taken away. What the hell am I going to do? Because up until my senior year, I didn't leave the high school for lunch. Which is also something crazy to think about. Looking back, so I graduated high school in 2016. That is seven years ago. 2016, seven years ago, which is insane for me to think about. But like, I don't think I could go back there and do a full however long day. Go to school at 7.50 be no class start 750 and stay there till about 250 and then you have an extracurricular extracurricular activity after that whether it be football or soccer or whatever I don't know if I could do that again because I know it's similar ish time zones to what you're doing at work but you can leave whenever you want at least for me like you can go look at job sites you can go get lunch like school you have all these people walking around the hallway you don't need to ask to go to the bathroom like I, I it, it's weird to think about it's weird to think about and then they just take your money. They just take your or take your food. They don't want you to eat today <laughs> because you're a negative balance. So you have to fran- frantically text your mom or your dad or whoever and say, Hey, can you throw some money in my account? It's just craziness. But that's a big upgrade. That's a big upgrade for the Vikings. He's a massive upgrade over Cam Dansler, and he's a pretty nice upgrade over Patrick Peterson, the current former Patrick Peterson. Prime Patrick Peterson. He is not Byron Murphy's not next to him. But that's a good signing for the Vikings. They also went out and got Marcus Davenport on a one-year deal. They restructured, I think, Xavier, or, uh, Harrison Smith. They're talking about keeping Dalvin Cook, or they're talking about trading him. It's like been back and forth on that whole thing. Like, this mock draft is kind of crazy just given the timing of it with all the people that made moves right after the trade happened. Like, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, Javon Hargrave, I think we talked about that on Wednesday, going to the San Francisco 49ers. And the Eagles brought back, I think, Fletcher Cox. They brought back Brandon Graham. Like, it's fun. It's a fun time. The Bills let Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds walk, and they brought back Jordan Poyer. What if you go back to him in the seat when we were during the season? You remember us talking about that on the show, that the Bills were likely having to decide between Jordan Poyer, an aging veteran, one of the best of his position, the best safety tandem in the league since him and Micah Hyde have been in Buffalo. But he's getting older. Tremaine Edmonds is like eight years younger. So you would think that would be the, the most logical thing the Bills could do is try to bring him back. But for the Bears... They got a really nice, they got they got a nice player. They paid a lot of money for him, but I saw this as well. They were talking about um, the Bears not re-signing or restructuring Roquan Smith a couple years ago. They traded him, to, or last year, they traded him to Baltimore, and Roquan Smith, I believe, became the highest paid linebacker in league history. I believe so. And then the, the Bears also went out and signed another linebacker. So they got two linebackers for less money of what they were going to pay Roquan Smith, which is a pretty good deal which is a pretty good deal, and I'm very happy to see uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Like, I want to see him do well. I wish nothing bad on Tremaine Edmonds. Remember we talked about people, like this one random Bills fan asking if Tremaine was trade main, Edmonds was a bust? That's one of the dumbest takes I've ever heard, ever. But Bills Mafia Twitter can be a very hostile place, whether you're a good player or a bad player, and it seems more likely in Bills Mafia eyes, if you're out of Buffalo for a while and you sucked major ass, like all the quarterbacks before Josh out, or before we'll give... We'll even go before, like, Tyrod Taylor. Or in between Tyrod, uh, apart from Tyrod and Fitzpatrick, all the quarterbacks before Josh Allen pretty much sucked ass. But now, it's fun. Like, it, you, time heals all wound, wounds, I guess. So you'll see people rocking around with Nathan Peterman jerseys still. I like Nathan Peterman. And then no one's talking about being negative towards Nathan Peterman where it's kind of just a joke at this point. But Edmonds, who is a really good player and a captain... The Buffalo Bills, he's considered a bust, or people are thinking about him possibly being a bust. Like, shove off. Like, come on, come on. That's stupid take, stupid take. And I hope he does well in Chicago. But if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, or midway through the season, that they were gonna re-sign Poyer and let Edmonds walk, I wouldn't have really necessarily believed you at that time. So now the Bills' draft strategy becomes a little bit different, or looks a little bit, could possibly look a little different, because of the fact that They have a hole at linebacker, and in this defense the Bills run, that big linebacker that Edmonds was is important, and they've already announced that Matt Milano will not be moving to Mike linebacker. So it's going to be between Tyrell Bernard and Dobson for that linebacker spot, at at least for the time being. So a lot of people, when you look at the Bills' recent draft history, they like to get those big, tall, athletic players for their positions. Lengthy people that we can mold into becoming an elite football player. But one thing the Bills also do, which we've not really addressed this on the show before, is they kind of pigeonhole themselves into a position of need. Like you look at the edge rusher spot, you look at the you look at the D tackle spot. You look at the quarterback spot. You look at the cornerback spot. Like they we all knew what they were gonna draft. But then you try to talk yourself into, oh, they're going to draft a running back this. Like Travis Etienne or Brees Hall last year. Or now this year it's Bijan Robinson. At least early on in the draft. The Bills talked about they're wanting to look to add a running back that's over 200 pounds to be a short yardage back. That's Bijan Robinson, 215 pounds for Bijan. But will you be available? And you're going to have to compete with the Cowboys for that too because we talked about them cutting Zeke. And are they going to go with just Tony Pollard? Are they going to try and go with a, a dual back system again? Or could they go tight end? Who the hell knows? Or will Bijan go even higher than the Bills and Cowboys pick? Even though those teams higher in the round, like higher in the first round, don't necessarily need running backs, the talent of Bijan Robinson is immense. One of the most talented players to come out of college, regardless of position, in recent years, but he's a running back, so his draft stock's going to plummet a little bit, given how the current landscape of the NFL is in regards to the running back position. Zeke's 27 years old, just got cut by the Cowboys. People are talking about that he's fallen off. And again, he's 27 years old. He's not old. He's not, like, for most positions in the NFL, he doesn't even reach his prime. But running back, their prime is, like, their first three years in the league for a lot of people. And it's bye-bye. Look at Todd Gurley. Melvin Gordon was a practice squad player on the Kansas City Chiefs team that just won the Super Bowl. So this is a 15th overall pick. He's been in the league for, I mean, he just got, it was a 2015 draft pick, I believe. I think it was 2015 by the Chargers. Hold on. Let's make sure about this. Yeah, 2015. He's 29 years old. And he was only a practice squad player on the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, the lifeline of a running back now is so much shorter than what it used to be. And the value of that position. Like, there's no reason a player like Brees Hall shouldn't have been a first-round draft pick. Given what he did at Iowa State, same thing goes for Jonathan Taylor. First-round draft picks. But you look at all these good running backs that have come later in the draft. You look at Austin Eckler. You look at James Connors had a productive career. You look at Alvin Kamara. You look at Dalvin Cook. You look at Jonathan Taylor. Not first round running backs. And you look at some of the first round running backs that haven't had a lot of success. And Zeke's starting to get thrown into that conversation. Leonard Fournette, same thing. Just got released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Former fifth overall draft pick. Fourth overall draft pick, sorry. Like the age of running backs, a weird one. B. John Robinson's talent says he should go a lot higher than 26 or 27, or 27 or 28, whatever you want to call the Bills and Cowboys pick. But it's going to be interesting. This draft's getting really crazy, and this mock draft, again, kind of got pushed to the side a little bit. And it looked like by the time we made this mock draft, when we released this mock draft, so Wednesday, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and discussed what his – or not his intentions. What, what did he say? He said it's time to clear the air or something like that? He said something along those lines before. Like, he texted Pat because he had this thing on Pat McAfee's show called Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. He left the he left the quote-unquote darkness retreat and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into all of that, let's make sure we go over some of your intentions here as well, which should be to follow Logan Blavin Show on every single form of social media. Ha! Segway. Nice. You can follow Logan Blavin Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube... And of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan, with the show's Instagram account being The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. You can also find me on TikTok as well at The Logan Blackman Show, TLBS on TikTok. We have deleted the video that got copyright striked because there's really no reason to have that up there since there's no audio, which is kind of important to that whole thing. So, uh, yeah, that's gone, but you can still follow the account as well. And then again, you're listening right now. The only reason you know what I'm saying right now is if you're listening to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify accounts. So if you're not 100% sure, make sure you are following and are subscribed to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. And leave a rating out of 5 stars in the description down below. So if you leave a one-star rating or a five-star rating, I will know why. Whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, I will know why. So if you leave a rating, leave a description as well. It can be good, bad, ugly. I don't really care. Just as long as you leave one down below, I'd greatly appreciate that. Now... During this Pat McAfee show episode, I was watching it on YouTube. So Pat's a YouTube show now. He was on Mad Dog. I don't think he's on Mad Dog anymore. But it's a YouTube show. Very popular. I love the Pat McAfee show. Love it. And Aaron Rodgers' Tuesdays are very entertaining. Because it's one of the few times you get to see Aaron Rodgers just actually talk. Because there's a lot of people that, rightly or wrongly, don't really like Aaron Rodgers. That like to spread a lot of rumors about Aaron Rodgers. That he's a dickhead of a person. That he doesn't like his family. That he is very picky about his receivers and stuff like this. All these different rumors are he's... The relationship between him and the GM is terrible, or the GM and Rodgers think this relationship's repairable. Oh, he's not getting traded, or he is getting traded. There's so many different things that are going around with Aaron Rodgers, and when you flash back to the Brett Favre saga, this thing is arguably more annoying than the Brett Favre saga because though Brett Favre toyed with retirement three times, he literally got carried off the field on one of his last days in Green Bay... Like is this is a thing that happens with Packers quarterback? You wouldn't think with an organization like the Packers in a city like Green Bay that they would attract quarterbacks that are this attention hungry, I guess you could say? I don't know if that's the right word or not. Because these two Favre and Rodgers, now Favre's had a lot of not great things recently going off the field. They're just two very odd individuals that don't necessarily necessarily fit the ethos of what the Green Bay Packers are or what they seem to be or what they want to be. They're very me, 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 seemingly type of people. But on this episode of the Pat McAfee Show, Rogers went on, and there were about 500,000 people that watched this, which is insane for a live stream. Absolutely insane. A lot of people were interested in what Aaron Rogers had to say. And when he told Pat that he wanted to come on on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, because he was doing the darkness retreat, he said that I want to clear the air. And when he got on, he said this. and I found it interesting. He said, this is not uh, me announcing what we're doing. Which, And then 15 seconds later, he said, my intention is to play for the New York Jets. He said he came to the decision on Friday. So Aaron Rodgers, right now, wants to play for the New York Jets. He has moved on. The Packers have seemingly moved on as well. Now it's just a discussion on what the parameters of this trade will be. But I thought this thing was really interesting and listening to Ron. She was on the show for about an hour. And it was a very, like, oh, that was a that was a good thing to say. Or why the hell did you say that type thing? Like, it was back and forth in my mind the entire time I was listening to it. It was like, that doesn't make sense. Or, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And it just kept rotating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, he said my intention to play for the New York Jets. And he said he went into the darkness retreat. Famously went to the darkness retreat. 90% retired. 90% that's only 10% left to play and I'm sure half of that was dedicated to do I do I want to play for the Jets or do I want to play for the Packers so you're about 5% sure on if you want to play for the Packers again or the Jets even and then you got 90% retired and then the only reason apparently he is now going to the Jets is because the Packers moved on well wouldn't you just retire anyways and he said he wants transparency in this whole team. He just wanted transparency. He hasn't provided literally any transparency over this entire three-year debacle when we first saw trade rumors get announced of him going to San Francisco, that he is going to get traded this offseason when the Niners traded up to the number three overall pick at the time which they seemed was going to be Mac Jones. They tried to tra- draft Trey Lance instead. They were going to be in for Aaron Rodgers. And it's just been this entire thing where it's like, oh, Rodgers is going to get traded. Oh, Rodgers goes throughout the regular season. He's fine. Offseason comes. Oh, Aaron Rodgers can get traded. He goes through season. Oh, he's fine. Then it comes the offseason again. Oh, he's getting traded. And I didn't add this in. Or he's retiring. That's been like the same thing for the last like three or four off seasons. It's been so odd. Like if anybody uh, you I don't I'm not gonna sit here and defend the Green Bay Packers for any of this. And I'm not gonna sit here and act like they've been the most transparent team ever. But neither one of them have really been transparent if this is all going down. If Rogers doesn't think he's, they've been transparent, I'm sure as hell think they don't think he's been transparent. And it's been very blatantly obvious here that neither one of these two have been very transparent on what's going on. Because they didn't tell Aaron Rodgers they were going to draft Jordan Love. And not only did they not tell him they were going to draft Jordan Love, they didn't tell him they were going to trade up for Jordan Love. Now you see what that means? Like, it, it, there's no transparency on either side. Both teams have been, both parties here, Rodgers and the Packers, have been complete dickheads around this entire thing. And it's an organization that has tried to surround itself on these things that, oh, we're not like that. But you've been really acting like that the past however many off seasons since Jordan Love's been drafted. Because there's no secret they want Jordan Love to succeed in Green Bay. The current head coach, the current front office, were there when Jordan Love was drafted. So there's no outside people coming in to say, oh, we don't want Jordan Love, we want XYZ at quarterback. Or we want Aaron Rodgers here. Now, I will agree with Aaron Rodgers that I do think he's arguably the greatest Packer of all time. Certainly the longest tenured Packer of all time. He said he was there for 18 years, played 15 years there. Now he's going to go somewhere else. And it seems like his intentions, again, are to play for the New York Jets. But And he also said the Packers are his team that usually wants to get rid of someone a year too early rather than a year too late. Well, they've got rid of Rodgers a year too late. Like, if you're wanting to trade him for the value that they think they're getting for him, they should have done this last year. And I know that makes it difficult winning back-to-back MVPs. That makes it very hard to just go out and trade someone for an unproven commodity in Jordan Love. And go with that guy versus the guy who just won back-to-back MVPs, got you back-to-back 13-win seasons and all that stuff. Like, it can be hard to move on from that. But sometimes you got to pull the trigger because they're asking apparently... So the first report I saw was that they're going to want a Matt Stafford-esque trade, which is not happening. It's not happening. Right now, Matthew Stafford is what? How old is Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford is 35 years old, just turned 35. So at the time of the trade, which took place in 2021, so we go back two, three years ago, like two, well, two years ago, we're looking at a 32, 33-year-old Matt Stafford, whenever he was traded. Aaron Rodgers is 39 right now. 39 right now. And I understand Rodgers versus Stafford is not a very comparable thing in regards to their legacies on where they've been, how they've been carried throughout this entire time, throughout their careers. Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Matt Stafford is one of the more loathed, I guess, quarterbacks of all time. Where people just feel sorry for him and just want him to do well. So they're like, oh yeah, this is a Hall of Famer now. And stuff like that. That's one of those situations where people just feel sorry for him. Rodgers is actually great. Stafford's not. But Stafford was younger than Aaron Rodgers was. And they did that trade like that so they could take Jared Goff's contract. That was the big reason why Matt Stafford went as much for as he did. And not to mention, he's not 39 years old. And the other thing is with Rodgers, Rodgers coming off the worst year of his career since arguably the first year he stepped foot on the pe- field as Green Bay Packers their starting quarterback. Like, he's not coming off the most glamorous season of his entire career. And not only that, he got eliminated from playoff contention by the team that traded Matt Stafford to Los Angeles and the Detroit Lions. So you're coming off a non-playoff berth. You got all these distractions of the ayahuasca stuff that's been going around like crazy. You got the darkness retreat. You got the, I'm 90% retired and now I'm going to play. Like, if you're going to trade a premium deal for a quarterback... You have to have firm belief that this guy is going to be here for more than one season. There is zero guarantees that Aaron Rodgers is going to play after this year. There are zero guarantees in that. When the Jets traded for Brett Favre, what was the deal that the Jets gave up for Brett Favre? Because unlike Rodgers, Brett Favre's last year in Green Bay, they made the playoffs. They lost to the New York Giants when the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. At least that's the year, I, if I'm thinking of that right. Yeah, they went 13-3 for Rodgers last year in Green Bay. And lost the New York Giants to the NFC Championship game in overtime. And the Jets, during that time, were like, oh, we're a quarterback away, like they think they are now. The Packers traded Favre to the Jets on August 7, 2008 in exchange for a conditional fourth-round draft pick with performance escalation. So it probably could go up to a third-round draft pick. A conditional fourth-round draft pick. How old was Brett Favre in 2008? Let's look at that. Hold on. In 2008, Brett Favre was coincidentally 39 years old. Same thing Aaron Rodgers is. And unlike, again, unlike Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers missed the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is coming off a terrible year for his standard, which, again, he said this quote in the past, my down years are some people's career years. That is true. That is true. And then when you look at Rodgers and Favre's stats, their last year in Green Bay, Brett Favre, in his last season in Green Bay, 28 touchdowns, 15 picks. Rodgers last year, seemingly last year in Green Bay. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks in one more game. Because remember, they played only 16 games at that time. Aaron Rodgers, this past season, threw 3,695 yards. Brett Favre threw 4,155 yards. Aaron Rodgers completed 64.6% of his passes. No, I don't like completion percentage numbers, but Favre completed 66.5. And you want to look at the number of passes. Favre attempted more passes than Favre, than Rodgers. 535. Oh, no. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong year for Rodgers. 542 for Rodgers. 535 for Favre. Like, they're not due to something. You want to look at fumbles lost as well. Favre lost four fumbles. Rodgers lost five this year. I didn't know this. Uh, Brett Aaron Rodgers holds the NFL. Or Brett Favre holds the NFL record for lo- fumbles lost. I didn't know that. I was, or fumbles, just fumbles in general. So 166. I did not know that. So you look at what they did in a bottle, like in a, like you're just looking tunnel vision of what these two did. Why do the Packers think that they're going to be able to get two first round picks for Rodgers at this point, in, this point in time, given what happened last year? I saw a thing yesterday. No one in the NFL thinks he's really a day two pick. Because what, what was the exact quote I saw in that? I don't remember who tweeted it. Where is it at? Hold on. We got to try and find this thing. Yeah, yeah. That his value is a, quote, day two pick this year with a conditional pick or two on the back end. Like, you can say Rodgers is at this point because Favre didn't win back-to-back MVPs before having a stinger of a year. So you go down that route as well. Because Rodgers, two years ago, or last year, at this point last year, had just gotten his second MVP in the two years. Four MVPs. Favre had three MVPs, won them three years in a row from 95 to 97. Like, it's, they're not too dissimilar, but Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brett Favre. I don't want to say there's a monstrous gap between Favre and Rodgers, but you're looking at the distraction of Aaron Rodgers, because that's going to be there. That's going to be there. Whether it's good or bad, it's going to be there. Whether you like it or not. And it's just weird that these two are both going to the Jets, if this ends up happening. But, again, the non-guarantee of not playing next year, the dude was 90% retired, apparently. He said that on the Pat McAfee show. 90% retired. Why in the Jets' right mind would they go, yep, we're going to send two first-round picks for a guy that might retire at the end of next season? He's toyed with the the idea of retirement for the past two years. Now he's 90% retired. Now he's going to his intention to play for the Jets. And no one in this whole situation is covering themselves with glory. I understand a lot of Jets fans would be really excited about getting Aaron Rodgers here, but if you're giving up two first-round draft picks for a quarterback this offseason, why the hell would you not give it to somebody that's 13 years younger and Lamar Jackson, who can be the next face of your franchise for the next seven, eight years? Why would you not do that? That makes way more sense for the Jets financially and for draft capital. You have a long-term option there with Lamar Jackson. You're not guaranteed a year, two years with Rodgers. Who, again, will be 40, will be 40 next offseason. Or when is he going to turn 40? He'll be 40 midway through the season. He turns 40 in December. December 2nd. So midway through this next season, he'll be 40 years old. Are you going to be able to, will? are you willing to take the gamble on that? And it's just a really weird time for this because Rodgers says his intention is to play for the Jets. The Packers know, or the Jets know, that he wants to play for the Jets. So who holds the cards here? Do the Jets hold the cards, or do the Packers hold the cards? Because the Packers, Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to play for the Jets. Packers know that, so the Packers can ask the Jets for two first-round picks. The Jets have every right and should say no to that offer. Because, again, the option of next year. You got to look past that. And the whole thing, the thing that's really upsetting to me about, this whole thing's kind of frustrating from a neutral point because when I try to figure out why this is getting talked about as like two first-round draft picks when they could easily just trade for Lamar Jackson, who is two first-round draft picks, and again, I can't stress this enough, 13 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. You want to know why this thing's taking place? Is because Joe Douglas, for whatever freaking reason, who has been... Really solid as the GM of the New York Jets. He's drafted really well throughout his time with the Jets. You look at all the players they drafted last year. The first two rounds of the draft, getting Sauce Gardner, getting Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, getting Brees Hall. You look at Elijah Vera Tucker. Like, they've drafted really well. The thing is, the one pick that everybody will look to with this whole situation is the fact they drafted Zach Wilson second overall. And this whole Aaron Rodgers thing is because they feel, in my mind, this is how I'm envisioning it, in my mind, they still think there is a player in Zach Wilson. So getting a guy that's 39 years old, getting a guy like, instead of Lamar Jackson, who is 26 years old, to Rodgers 39 years old, and is available for two first-round draft picks, which is apparently what the Packers want, they think that sitting behind Rodgers for a year or two could really be beneficial for him. They have said a few times this offseason, we still believe in Zach Wilson. We're not trading Zach Wilson. Mike White just got shipped off to Miami. Or shipped off, they let him walk to Miami. Like, for whatever reason, they have a lot of faith still in Zach Wilson. And when I say a lot of faith, I mean that because there is no reason, given what we've seen of Zach Wilson, that makes me think that, oh yeah, he can win this locker room back. Oh yeah, he can be a legit star in the NFL for the Jets. I think Zach Wilson's super talented. I think he's insanely talented, but there's not one moment in his NFL NFL career, like even with Daniel Jones, when he was as, what do you, what do you want to call it, even when Daniel Jones was as insane as he was in his first couple of years in the NFL before he signed this massive extension, there were moments where like, oh, I can see Daniel Jones is actually kind of decent. You can see some of the runs he made. Yeah, sure, he'd fumble all the time, but you could see the runs that he had. He made some impressive throws early on in his career. Do I think he's a four-year $160 million quarterback? No, not at all. I think he's worthy of getting a second contract, just not at that level. Like, there were even moments with that. There's been zero moments with Zach Wilson. Like The only things I can really remember about Zach Wilson with the Jets is when Chris Strievler came in, I think it was against the Jaguars, and threw a pass to, I think, C.J. Uzama this past season on Thursday Night Football, and he underthrew him, which would have been a walk-in touchdown. I, I could have been another receiver, but they got a standing ovation. They got a standing ovation for one of the worst passes I've ever seen get a standing ovation. Zach Wilson is not a fan. The, the locker room is not a fan of Zach Wilson. But for whatever reason, Joe Douglas feels like there's still a player in there. And he, again, he has talent, but up until this point, there has been no sign of that actually being realized. Like There was points and times where Sam Darnold looked like the decent quarterback, and he's just going to be the back to a guy that was Mr. Relevant last year. They have two third overall draft picks on the roster, San Francisco, and they're both going to be a potentially backup to Brock Purdy. <laughs> if you would have told me that when Sam Darnold got drafted, I would have called you freaking crazy. That Sam Darnold getting drafted third overall in however many years' time would be a backup quarterback to a guy who went to Iowa State, I would have called you crazy. I think even Iowa State fans would have said that at the time because Sam Darnold in 2018 was considered the best quarterback prospect in the draft class. And now he's on the precipice of being a third-string quarterback in San Francisco. Even he had moments. Like, Zach Wilson has not had a single time where you go, yep, there's a guy. There's a guy we could build something. Like Josh Allen, for how crazy he was his rookie year. There were so many moments you could look at and go, oh, yeah, okay, there's a player there. It's just a matter of, can he realize it? And he did, obviously. Obviously. Like, look at post-elbow injury for Josh. Look at some of the games he had in that stretch. The Miami game, the last game of the year, the Jaguars game against Jalen Ramsey. Like Josh played really well in spurts his rookie year. There were points where you go, yeah, this is a guy. You've never had that with Zach Wilson. And if you have, you're lying to yourself. Because there's no, there's not been a single time. They went with Mike White. They went with Joe Flacco. They went with Chris Streveler. They did all these different things and you're going to sit there and tell me that Zach Wilson has a chance to be a starter in the NFL at this point in time. That could change, and hell, maybe bringing Aaron Rodgers does change Zach Wilson's fortune in the NFL. But I'm sorry, I have a hard time envisioning that. So cut your losses, and this is me, if I'm a Jets fan, cut your losses and trade for Lamar. So all your pride, it didn't work, go out and get a guy you should have drafted in 2018 in Lamar Jackson. For two first-round draft picks, you cannot tell me that's not worth it. But hey, you can go out and get Aaron Rodgers too. All your players are trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, am I scared of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? I don't know. I mean, the Bills lost to Zach Wilson this past year, and you he just heard me lambast Zach Wilson. So maybe I should be a little bit more scared than what I am. But it's a short term fix for a long term problem for the Jets. I don't know. I don't know if this thing would work. I. I We've talked about it in the past. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I think he's a legendary quarterback. His number will be retired in Green Bay. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll be all that and bought, like everything you could ask for for an NFL career, Aaron Rodgers is done. But going to the Jets at this point, I think the Packers are a little crazy thinking they're getting two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. So this deal could go on for a freaking while. We might even not see anything happen with this until the draft. Like, in my mock draft, I had the the Packers trading that first-round pick, to York Jets, because that's what it was reported as. Like, oh, the deal's going through. Here's Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets for that first-round draft pick. Like, it's just, it's odd. It's very odd. I think in Rodgers' prime, he's worth 1,000 first-round draft picks. We're not in Aaron Rodgers' prime. We're not in Aaron Rodgers' prime. So the Packers are going to have to swallow their pride a little bit and then take a lot less than what they are originally asking for. And they should have done this last year, if we're being honest. You got a young group of wide receivers. You let Devonte Adams go. You got a young group of receivers, and likes of Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. You've got receivers there. Give Jordan Love time with these guys. I think having that young core group on offense will be very beneficial for Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love for Packers fans that are scared or nervous. I think Jordan Love's super talented. I liked him a lot when he came out of the draft in 2019 or 20. Yeah, no, 2020. Sorry. I liked him a lot then. I thought the Saints would draft him. I said when we were doing our Instagram live thing that I thought the two teams that are most likely to draft him were the Saints and the Packers. Now, I didn't think the Packers would trade up for him. Did not think that. But Saints and Packers are the two most likely spots. Saints took Caesar Ruiz, just signed Derek Carr this offseason, and now the Packers are with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers are going to go to the Jets. Potentially. Potentially. And I guess people are like, oh, he wanted to go to Vegas. I don't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers wanted. I don't know what, I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting time to be a Green Bay Packers fan. It's an interesting time to be a Jets fan. Because remember when they traded for Brett Favre with the Jets, they finished 9-7. and seven. After starting, what, 8-3? And, and finished 9-7, and seven, missed the playoffs. Less four of the last five games. So it doesn't always work out. It doesn't always work out. Again, this is a short-term fix for a long-term problem for the Jets. And like I said again, I would just swallow my pride and trade for Lamar Jackson. If they're asking for two first-round picks, that's insane. So go out and get Lamar Jackson. That's my. That's how I would handle this situation if I'm the New York Jets. But I'm not the Jets. The Jets have tried all these different things to do, get a quarterback, so we'll see if this works out for them. We'll see if this works out. And maybe, and maybe, Zach Wilson is the answer in, in Jersey. Maybe he is the answer. And I'm, I'm just completely looking past him. Maybe that's the problem here. But man, I'm... Like, it's going to be a weird offseason because the Dolphins, again, just signed Jalen Rams or traded for Jalen Ramsey. And you've got the Jets potentially trading for Aaron Rodgers. Like, you've got these different people here that are like, oh, is the Bills, is their reign of terror the AFC East over? And I think this is kind of, I don't, I don't, I said this before, but I want to make sure that I clarify what I'm saying here because I'm not sitting here and going the Bills are the New England Patriots in this aspect that they are as great as what Tom Brady and Belichick did for all those years. I'm not saying that at all. But every it was kind of similar to what the Chiefs did this past offseason, where all the teams around them are making moves. You see the Chargers trade for Khalil Mack. You see the Raiders trade for Devontae Adams. You see the Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. You see all these different moves that go around. The Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill. You see all these things take place, and yet the Chiefs are still the top dog there. We said that going into the season. I think we're going to do the exact same thing as the Bills. People are going to start riding off the Bills and all this sort of stuff. Wait, because the Jets signed or traded for Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins got Jalen Ramsey. They got Mike White to back up Tua. We got all these different things. The Patriots signed Juju smith Schuster. Now, we got all these different moves that these teams are making this offseason. But it's still the Bills division. It is still the Bills division until proven otherwise. And I'll say that for the rest of the offseason. I'll say that at the season, my preseason prediction will be the Bills win the division. My preseason prediction in March is the Bills win the division. The preseason prediction in September or August will be the Bills win the division. And we'll see what kind of move they make. Because remember, we talked about the Dallas Cowboys trading for Brandon Cooks. Or did we talk about that? Did we talk about Yeah, Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Brandon Cooks getting traded for, I think, a fifth round draft pick, which is a good number two option. For the Dallas Cowboys with CD Lamb, I like them getting Brandon Cooks a lot. I think it's a really good deal. They also trade for Stephon Gilmore, Bills legend, Stephon Gilmore. So that's a good secondary pairing, Gilmore and Diggs, awesome pairing. Bills legends because Trayvon's coming to Buffalo next year. <laughs> but with the Cowboys trading for a uh, for Brandon Cooks, that leaves DeAndre Hopkins potentially and Odell Beckham Jr. Is still available out there. Because them trading for Brandon Cooks, I think that kind of takes them out of the race for those other two guys. That, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's how the the situation will transpire between those guys. And J.J. Watt was on the Pat McAfee show the other day. We brought up Pat McAfee a lot today. But uh, they, uh, wait, what are we starting to say? They J.J. Watt went on there and said, DeAndre Hopkins try to play for a winner. The Cardinals, sorry diehard Cardinals fans out there, they're not going to be a winner. They're not going to be a winner this year. Kyler Murray is going to be out potentially the entire season. You're going to a season right now. Who's there? Is is Colt McCoy currently the starting quarterback in Arizona? I guess I'm not even sure who's the starting quarterback in Arizona. Hold on. Let's take a look at this. Who is? I think it's Colt McCoy, but it could be someone else. Yeah, Colt. Okay, so Colt McCoy is currently a starting quarterback, San Francisco or the Arizona Cardinals. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be good. DeAndre Hopkins, remember he was tweeting all those different things about the Cardinals being legit? And really, they should be a good team. They should have been a good team. They had a coach that got fired from college. This offseason they hired him. The only reason he's there is because Kyler Murray. Like if, if dude wants to win, he ain't gonna stay in Arizona. So I don't know what his trade value is. And I think kind of a similar situation to what we talked about with running backs dwindling. I think the draft, like the capital for receivers getting traded, is down a little bit in recent years. Like, Amari Cooper went for about a fifth-round draft pick to to Cleveland. Right? That's what he went for about? So like, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins really would be a first-round draft pick trade. I don't think, anyways. I could be wrong about that. I think he'd be a second-round draft pick. But I don't think he'd be a first-round draft pick, especially if you're looking at the past years, past couple years. I understand he had the PED suspension this year, but he hasn't had 1,000 yards receiving since 2020. So I don't, I, I don't think there'll be a first-round draft pick in that deal. Again, I could be completely wrong about that, especially a team like the Bills that picked 27th or 28th. Like, you could you could realistically go, that's good as a second-round pick. You're not going to draft. Gonna, you might have, like, when they trade for Stephon Diggs, you're going to draft a receiver anyways, potentially. I'm not saying they are going to do that, but you're going to draft a receiver, so why not trade that pick for a guy that's proven in the NFL? I understand when people do that all the time. Now, would I rather them have Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins? So, just cut Isaiah McKenzie. So... There is going to be somewhat of a hole there in Buffalo. I'm not saying it's a a massive hole, a massive hole, because Isaiah McKenzie, though a fan favorite, I loved Isaiah McKenzie. He was nothing really that special. I think his role was a lot – he he had a bigger role than what he was actually worth, I guess I could say, if that makes any sense. So they went out and signed Deontay Hardy from the New Orleans Saints, who was the, the Isaiah McKenzie replacement. And when talking about Hardy in the press conference, Brandon Bean said he's going to be in the wide receiver four role. If you're looking at the Bills' offense right now, the Bills 1-3, through three, if you're just looking at the current offense, it reads Diggs, Davis, and probably Khalil Shakir, the rookie wide receiver from Boise State. Fifth-round draft pick. If, you're looking, if he's going to be the fourth option, Shakir is currently the third option. So that would open up the door for a guy like Hopkins or Odell Beckham. And people are talking about the trade for Hopkins because apparently the Cardinals are wanting a pick and a player in return. So the Bills could potentially strike a deal with the Arizona Cardinals for Gabe Davis and a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, hell, didn't DeAndre Hopkins only go for a second-round pick when he got traded from Houston, Arizona, when he was widely considered to be a top-two receiver in the league? Like, what are we going to talk about his value now? That's going to be the big thing here. And Odell Beckham Jr., that's just a question of health. He's got two ACL tears in his career. So that's going to be a big thing. So people are going to he's going to want a long-term deal. He's going to want a long-term deal. He's a very good receiver when he's healthy, but that's the thing. He hasn't been healthy in a while. He hasn't been healthy in a while. He hasn't played he hasn't played 6 throughout his entire career. He's only played 16 games twice. Twice, and that was when there were 16-game schedules. In the past 2 years, he's played I got well, I guess you could technically say well, he played around 60. He played 14 games in 2021 which he played for the Browns and the LA Rams. When again, when he if he was healthy, if he did Terraz ACL in the Super Bowl with the Rams, he probably would have won MVP. He was having a really good Super Bowl up until that point. And at Odell Beckham Jr.'s peak, he's a top what? I mean, he's top ten easy. Are we talking about like top five receiver when he's a hundred percent healthy? But again, he hasn't really been at that top, top level since 2016. Again, that was when I graduated high school. I'm 25 years old. He's 30 now. So there was reports on about he wants 20 mil a year. I don't know what the Bills would do that. I don't think that's something they would do. But Odell Beckham, I said this last year, during the season, that Odell Beckham, given the Bills' receiver struggles in regards to being inconsistent catching the football and not having, like, living off of, oh, Gabe Davis had that four-touchdown game against the Chiefs. I think we're living off that and going off that memory, core memory, a lot more than what we maybe should have. I think Gabe Davis is fine. I, I don't really have a general issue with Gabe Davis. I'm not saying get him out of the team at all. But I don't know if he's a real number two option. He's a good deep threat, but I don't know if he's a really solid enough number two option. So that's why the option of like OBJ or DeAndre Hopkins comes to the fray. That's why people are going to constantly link them with the Bills. And you even look at the running back position. Like you look at Derrick Henry's potentially being linked with the Bills. You got Austin Eckler seeking trade. Like they, they're two options for the Bills as well. Austin Eckler wouldn't necessarily fit the mold of what the Bills are looking for at this point in time. But, because again, they're looking for a bigger running back to hit those two-yard, like those short burst gains. Austin Eckler though he's 200 pounds, he's only 5'8". And Austin Eckler would definitely be a first number one option. And if the Bills are going to try and move forward, James Cook is the number one guy, they wouldn't trade for Eckler. Now, some out there might say, well, Logan, yeah, you would have Austin Eckler there and you'd start him. And that makes sense. But I do think they have some faith in James Cook being that number one guy. So that's where a Derrick Henry... Or Zeke. A lot of people have been linking the Bills to Zeke. So we'll see if that one takes place. Maybe he has a career resurgence in Buffalo, but I don't know. They're going to be linked with like Leonard Fournette, which I don't really see happening just because of the fact the last time he was in Buffalo, we got a beer can thrown in his head, and I know that because I was there. <laughs> I was it was the Bills Jaguars, Josh Allen's rookie year. We were at we were at the tunnel end. We saw it happen. Like it, I don't know if he'd want to come back to Buffalo for that. And then you got like Latavius Murray could be an option there as well. Nice power back. Because I think James Cook really could be a number one option in the NFL. I really think he can. I believe in James Cook. I've said to my dad the entire season, let James Cook. That's what we need. I want to see see what James is cooking. I really want to see it. I think he has the potential for that. So if you want to trade for a bigger running back or sign a bigger running back, I don't know. Maybe Derrick Henry is the guy they're really looking at. Because, as Adam Schefter said last year, or I can't remember if it was Rappaport or Schefter, I don't remember which one, but they were like, the Bills are always involved. They did the same thing with Vaughn Miller. The Stephon Diggs trade kind of came out of nowhere. Miller's signing came out of nowhere. So maybe they've got something up their sleeve this year in regards to a wide receiver or off to edge rusher or whatever. Maybe they got something or off to lineman. I don't know. I don't really know. But they got Connor McGovern. So we'll see how that one goes. I think that's a good signing for them. I don't know if he's going to be a starter right away or if. He's gonna be more of a depth piece. We'll have to wait wait and see. Based off last year, he had a pretty good season in replacements and replacement spurts. Pro football focus ranked him pretty highly. So maybe they view like he's a long term option at guard with Ryan Bates. Maybe that's what they think. They're gonna need to get like a competition piece for Spencer Brown and then linebacker. You see a lot of big names leaving in free agency, and this is what we talked about a little bit or alluded to earlier. Bills kinda pigeonholed themselves in the draft. And this is gonna be one of those things where they could be going after a linebacker like Drew Sanders or Jack Campbell. Drew Sanders fits really well in Buffalo because of the fact he played in a 4-2-5 a defense was the exact same defense the Bills run. Exact same defense. And if you look at what we talked about earlier with the Bills draft strategy and you look at what the players they generally target in the draft, Drew Sanders is a bigger linebacker, like lengthier linebacker, and he's 21 years old. He's 21. He'll turn 22 in late December, December 31st. He'll turn 22. Young, lengthy, athletic linebacker who has played in a similar defense that the Bills have. And then you've got Jack Campbell, who is someone that I feel like Brian uh, Sean, Sean who am I? Sean McDermott would really like in the, the Bills. He really likes Iowa players. He likes those hard nosed Jack Campbell, and he kind of seems like a. What do you call it? Trust the process type person. I think Sean McDermott would fall in love with a guy like Jack Campbell, especially six foot five, two forty-nine, natural Mike linebacker. Because you look at Drew Sanders, he's not necessarily a natural Mike linebacker, which is gonna be something the Bills look for. He can play Mike, he also played Sam and Edge Rusher while at Arkansas. He can't he transfer to Arkansas from Alabama as an edge rusher. So he's got a lot of different things. His ceiling is like at this point in time, you could say his ceiling is higher than Jack Campbell. But even just based on what they did in college, Jack Campbell, could he sneak into the first round? He had a very good combine out of all the Iowa people, people prospects from the state of Iowa. You could say Jack Campbell's draft stock was boosted the most out of all the draft out of all the people from Iowa because we knew Lucas Lucas Van Ness was going to be a first round draft pick, top fifteen pick. We knew Will McDonald was going to be a borderline first round draft pick, but Jack Campbell went from potential third-round draft pick to now we might be talking about latter stages of the first round and look at the Bills there at 28-7 or 28, wherever they're – again, just depends on how you view the draft with the Dolphins pick being forfeited. They picked it, they would be picking at 21, but that picks Nolan Voice. so you're going to call it 27 or 28 for the Bills. We'll have to wait and see. Last time they drafted a defender at 27, it worked out pretty well. They got Tredavious White. So we'll see him him back at his full force again, and I want to see Kyrie Elam play more. I want to see Kyrie Elam be the number two corner next to Trey White. They brought back Dane Jackson – but I I want to see Trey I want to see Trey and Kyrie Elam as the Bills number one in two corners. But this offseason's only gonna get crazier. It's gonna it's already a crazy offseason. Again, we got the Rodgers hasn't even been traded yet. Like Aaron Rodgers is gonna be the number one talking point for the rest of the offseason until he does get traded. Even then he's gonna get talked about. And then we'll have the whole drama of what the Jets are gonna do with his number. Joe Namath said he'd done retire number twelve. So would Rodgers take the number twelve or you pull at Joe Montana and say, well, hey it's already retired, I'll wear this number. Because if they trade Elijah Moore, like they've been talking about, I don't know if that's, if that rumor's died down, but it's been an option for them. Rodgers wore Elijah Moore's number in college at Cal. He wore number eight. So maybe we see him go to a college number. Maybe we see him go to number eight and have number 12 stay retired. Or maybe we see him go to number 12. Remember when Joe Montana went to KC, Joe Montana was 16 in San Francisco. Len Dawson was 16 in Kansas City. Joe Montana said, well, we'll just go to number 19. It's a six upside down. It looks the looks the same. very Pretty much the same number. Not, but similar enough. <laughs> similar enough. Maybe Rodgers does that or maybe he does take 12. I don't know. But then we'll have to see, like, with well, Lamar Jackson, what he does, what the future holds for him, what other trades will take place, where these receivers will go. Giants got Darren Waller, which is a big deal. I don't know if we talked about that last week or not. That was a pretty big deal. Like, there's a lot of things that are happening around the NFL, and it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. The Bears got Dante Foreman. Forgot about that. Uh, David Montgomery signed with the Detroit Lions. Jamal Williams went down to the New Orleans Saints. There's big moves happening this offseason. A lot of big stuff. Robert Tunyon, Packers tight end, going to the Bears. Bears making their feelings known. They're signing a bunch of people. Sean Rankin's going for the Jets to Texans. Then we've got Solomon Thomas sticking with the Jets. I'm just scrolling through a bunch of different signings. Case Keenum signed with the Texans. That could be his last team. I mean, he went to College at Houston, played for the Texans before. That could be his last team. What else do we got here? I'm just scrolling down through the whole thing. Alan Lazard signed with the Jets. Four-year, 400, four, geez, 400, four-year $44 million contract. They got Hackett. They got Lazard. They're pulling out everything. They're pulling out all the stops for Aaron Rodgers. For Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very fun. I don't know if I have anything really else to talk about in regards to the NFL or the draft or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Look at what the NFC South does. See what they do at the quarterback position. So yeah, if you're if you're the Jets, if I'm the Jets, I would trade for Lamar. I wouldn't even trade for. I wouldn't trade for Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that's a whole lot less distraction with Lamar Jackson, and that's a better long term option easily. But again, they might have. They it seems like they still have some faith in Zach Wilson. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Now moving. Moving from football, moving on from football, we're going to talk about March Madness. And this year's March Madness has been crazier than most years in March Madness. And when I say that, I mean, yes, it has been absolutely freaking ridiculous. And my bracket sucks. <laughs> my bracket is horrific, like very bad, very bad. So remember, we talked about it on the show Wednesday. It is brutal. Is absolutely brutal. I said with the caveat, we kind of just picked at random at some of these because I <laughs> I, I did not watch a lot of college basketball this year. I know enough about some teams like Iowa, Iowa State. I knew enough about them, but clearly not with Iowa State. Good Lord, but my bracket stinks. My bracket stinks. At this point in time, I have 34%. 34%. And at this moment in time, Duke... Has lost. Got blown out by Tennessee because they kept playing a freaking lame-ass zone that didn't work and left wide-open players for Tennessee. And I hate Duke. And I had to cheer for Duke that it screwed up my bracket. That Not that it already wasn't screwed up, but I had all my Elite Eight teams before Duke lost. And then I had it lose today because Kentucky lost. And I remember we talked about that on Wednesday's show. I almost paid Providence. And yet I still had Kentucky going all the way to the Elite Eight. And you look at Michigan State. Almost picked them because Tom Izzo in March. They're beating Marquette right now. Now we didn't have Marquette going to the Elite Eight, but if this if if Michigan State wins in the East bracket, which started off very well for me, uh, obviously Purdue lost, we all know that. We know Memphis lost, we knew that. I had those two teams winning, like I was looking pretty good. And then if Michigan State beats Marquette, all my teams from the Sweet 16 in the East side of the bracket will all be eliminated, every single one, because I had Purdue, Duke, Kentucky, and Marquette. At this moment in time, it looks like it's going to be... Well, we don't have a, a number for Fairleigh Dickinson and FAU yet. I would love to see Fairleigh Dickinson win. That'd be freaking awesome. Looked really good against against Purdue. Coach from Iowa, so you got to hear from them now because all the Iowa teams are eliminated. I would have Fairleigh, one of those two teams, Tennessee, who I was going to pick, and then ultimately went with Duke instead. I, we might have had Tennessee when we did this talk show last Wednesday. We might have had Tennessee winning that game. Like I changed it last second. I changed Maryland versus freaking... West Virginia at 11-10 before the bracket started. Like, I was making changes left, right, and center. when I said, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. And I did. And I'm pissed off. Now we're looking at one of those two teams, Tennessee, Kansas State, and right now, they're up by 10, Michigan State, 27-17. First half still. Long game. And Kentucky, they were winning too. They were winning. And they lost. 75-69. Lost again. So my my bracket's done. My bracket was already done. Like, long-term, my team, it wasn't looking bad. It wasn't looking bad, but right now it's bad. But you look at, like, my West bracket. My West bracket's actually doing pretty well until Kansas lost by one point, and they were leading again pretty much the entire time. But my bracket there's doing good. Apart from Kansas, I had the only other team I'd lose was VCU. That side of the bracket still can work. UConn versus St. Mary's, that can happen. UConn winning that game. Gonzaga TCU, we saw Northwestern lose to UCLA last night, who I didn't realize was UCLA starting point guards from Iowa, from Cedar Rapids, so we got them to cheer for as well. And you look at the Midwest bracket, which makes zero sense to me because Iowa and Auburn, who are in the Midwest bracket, played their game in Birmingham. You want to know where Kansas and Arkansas, you know, in the West bracket played their game? In freaking Des Moines, Iowa. What? <laughs> How how does that make any sense? How does that make sense? Iowa is, D- Des Moines is like smack in the middle of the country. It is damn near in the middle of the country. One would say it's even in the Midwest part of the country, which would make sense if Iowa didn't play their games in Birmingham. So I understand like, oh, they don't want it at home, like Iowa to have a home team with Drake and Iowa State all being in that same bracket as well. well why does Auburn get a home game? Why are they going to play in Birmingham? And why is it in the South? Why? Why is it in the South? Why? Why are we in the Midwest bracket if that's how it's going to work out? But Iowa would randomly go on a run, and then Auburn would go on a run, and then Auburn ended up winning the game. Iowa State didn't watch a second of that game. Didn't watch a single second of it. Couldn't get it to work on my TV. Uh, for the what I've seen and from who I've talked to, I uh, didn't miss a whole lot. Really didn't miss a whole lot in that game. Uh, absolutely blown out. They shot like five percent from three at one, or they were at five percent from three. Like and I almost picked I almost picked Pitt in that game I ended up going with Iowa State. I went I just went with all the Iowa teams. And Drake, I told my friends this when we were watching the game, the team I was most confident in out of the Iowa teams was Drake. I had them going to the Sweet 16. That was one of my sleeper picks. And I had Kent State beating Indiana. Yeah, that worked. So, my 12 versus 13 matchup there it didn't happen. So I got a 4 versus 5 matchup. It sucks. Freaking sucks. Now, that elite 8 still up there. Houston won last night against Auburn and Xavier beat Pitt and then Texas beat Michigan, Penn State. And it was funny because Houston versus Auburn, that looked like a somewhat, like I told my friend Brady, I was like, that's a winnable game for Auburn with Houston's guard potentially being out. I don't know if he was. I didn't see that game. But it's like they looked beatable. They can be beat. And they were getting beat at certain points of the game, and then they just blew them out in the second half. The same thing goes for Alabama. It was the same thing with them against Maryland. Close game, and then they blew them out in the second half. They won by 22 points. Houston won by what? Quick math. 81-64. Don't care about the math right now. But then going over to that side of the bracket, the South, we got Bama winning, we got Maryland winning, and Virginia versus Furman, one of the more upset times I've been, because I almost picked Furman in this game. And I was really confident, sticking with that 12-13 theme, I was really confident in Charleston. Never even had a bracket where I picked San Diego State. Never had a thought in my head, it was like, oh, I'm picking Charleston, easy pick, easy pick. And then San Diego State won. And not only did they do that, they dominated Furman. Beat them by 23 points. And now they're in the Sweet 16. Didn't even have a thought in my mind that they were going to beat Charleston. And now the team that I had going to the Sweet 16, uh, that I had beating the team that actually went to the Sweet 16, pretty, it hurts pretty bad. Now, Virginia didn't hurt that back because I only had them going to the first round. But that way they lost that game was so painful to watch and as a neutral. It's like, what the hell was that? That made no sense any point of the game. It's like, so they've lost the first round. So next year, they're going to win an Addy. Because the last time they lost the first round, the very next year, they won a national championship. So that's what, the, what we're on track to right now. And the rest of it, I had Creighton winning. I had Baylor winning. I had Utah State winning, purely off the fact that I had a friend that was a Utah State fan. And then Arizona, they they uh, shit the bed against Princeton. And then Princeton kicked the absolute pig snot out of Missouri last night, 78-63. Like, you, like I saw a lot of jokes about, like, when they beat Arizona, they use their, their math skills to beat Arizona. They use their brains because they're in Ivy League school. Putting them in Ivy League school against Missouri, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's like racing a 100-meter dash against a toddler. You're having an intellectual war against people go, that go to school in Missouri, and you're in an Ivy League school? That's not fair. That's not fair. So th- th- this bracket sucks. Very fun March Madness. It's the only time a 1-seed and a 2-seed have lost in this first round of the bracket ever. I mean, we just had the, this the second time a 16-seed ever beat a 1-seed, which was awesome. Like, I I had Purdue losing in the Sweet 16, so it was like, I didn't have them going to the final or the Final Four. So I wasn't losing any sleep. The same thing goes for Arizona. I wasn't losing sleep over that. I have Creighton in the Elite Eight. So I was like, I'm, I'm content. I'm pretty content. And then... Duke lost, and then Kentucky just lost, and now we're going to have Marquette lose, and uh, like it's all going to be all these different things that take place, but we're holding the hope for the West. The Western side of my bracket is looking fairly strong still, apart from you know Arkansas beating Kansas and all that stuff. But, yeah, I had Kansas in the lead eight. That was it. I had them losing to UConn. So, yeah, and UConn blew out Iona in the second half, and I almost picked Iona, and I was shitting a brick at the end of that game, or the beginning of that game, so I stopped watching it because I flipped it to, when I, I was watching Maryland-West Virginia, and I flipped it to, at the end of it, to Furman-Virginia, and then that's when Virginia completely capitulated and, you know, lost the game. So I didn't want to watch the second half of UConn-Iona. So then went I went down to a friend's house, uh, sat down, looked at the TV, I was like, oh shit, UConn really blew them out of the water. Dropped 87 points on them. At Duke, when they dropped 74 against a team that I thought they could potentially lose to, I didn't think there was a chance in hell they lost to Tennessee, who just barely beat Louisiana. And then in the same breath, Duke scored less points than Louisiana did against Tennessee. Like, what? That... Frustrating. Frustrating. And I, I'm not really, like, upset. If, if this was just a normal thing, I, I'd be cheering for Tennessee. I had Tennessee winning originally, and I changed it. So, yeah. But at least I didn't have Arizona going to the final like some people. At least I didn't have Purdue going to the final like some people. I had them going to the Final Four originally, and I changed it to Duke. Stupidly. Shouldn't have done that because I saw a thing that Tennessee's best players out. So... Yeah, when their best players out, you usually don't do a lot of great success. But when Duke plays a shit, uh, shitty ass um, zone defense that just doesn't work, it, it, just inviting shots. Like they're le- it was so frustrating to watch. And again, I hate Duke. My uncle would dis- disown me if I ever said anything positive about Duke. And good lord, that zone was so frustrating to watch. And it was so fr- I was conflicted because I didn't want them to win, but I needed them to win at the same time. And looking at some of my groups I'm in, like, I'm damn near in last place in all of them. But the good thing is, my national champions are still alive. My national champion is still alive. Like in one of my brackets, I'm in 44th place. 44th. Now, I'm not all the way down because I've still got it projected to quite a bit of points, or my max is quite high. Like I'm still projected 1,500 points. What if you look at the team that's currently in first? Their, their max total is 1,590. So like I'm not too diss far. Like there's a team in second right now. This max is 880 points. Like I still have a chance to come back in this bracket, because Alabama's still alive. You look at some of my teams that are still alive. UConn's alive for now. Knock on wood for all these teams. Texas still alive. Bama's still alive. UConn's still alive. Houston's still alive. We've got uh, Gonzaga's still alive. UCLA's still alive. Like we got we've got options here. We've got options to come back. And in one of my groups I'm in. I was the only person to pick Alabama and the two teams that are currently sitting on top of the bracket, picked Kansas to win. So I have got that hanging over me where I can, I can come back, storm back because I'm the only person in this thing that picked Alabama I can storm back in this bracket. I'm not winning right now, but I can win in the end. It's a $10 bracket pool, $5 for the one I'm in 44th place. in. but there's just so many people in there. I'm not, I'm not solely in 44th place. I'm like jointly in 44th place, with like eight other people. Like it's, I, I don't know exactly what my ranking is right now, but it's not great. Let's put it like that, but it's not, not a good bracket, but I have Alabama winning. I was surprised that not a lot of other people had Alabama winning a bracket, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel really confident. I still feel confident in Alabama winning at all. I still do. Nate Oates, former Buffalo coach. Cheered him on when they went to the tournament a few years ago. I think they lost the first round though. So it was upsetting. Iowa state and Drake sucked. Not fun. Iowa game was really hard to watch. Iowa State, glad I didn't watch it. Drake, that was hard to watch because I thought they could win that game. They didn't. Uh, But, you know, it's whatever. We move. And I changed the Indiana game. I changed Indiana. I had them going to the lead eight, or Sweet 16, sorry. But then I saw a thing that said, Kent State is going to, like, Indiana has struggled playing away from Assembly Hall or whatever the hell they're, I don't remember, I think it's Assembly Hall. I'm completely blanking right now, sorry. I'm all flustered because my bracket stinks. Like, Kent State will be able to take advantage of that. So it's like, oh, I'll pick Kent State. And uh, yeah, that didn't work because they won by 11. So yeah, there's, there's going to be more problems going on in my bracket, probably. But I, you know, it's fun. March Madness is pretty fun. So I, I'm not going to be too disappointed by it. No one's ever gotten a, per- a perfect bracket. There's like a quadrillion different ways you can fill out a bracket. Like, there's no way you could predict any of this to take place how it has. I don't know if there's a lot even the most diehard Princeton fan there's not a lot of them had to go to the Sweet 16 and in the same breath I don't think a lot of those Princeton fans had Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue. The only reason Fairleigh Dickinson is in the in the tournament from what I understand is that the team that was going to make the tournament is ineligible. So they didn't even like actually make the tournament. So it's like I don't know. And they did the first four game too. and like They had to play in to get to this spot. And they beat Purdue. And they're going to play FAU. It's it's crazy. March Madness is crazy. If you even don't like college basketball, or just basketball in general, March Madness makes it all worth it. Makes it all worth it. Now, I think that's all I've got for you today. Now, I, I do want to touch on this a little bit, of the World Baseball Classics going on right now. And Team USA, Trey Turner, hit a grand slam last night against Venezuela. Won the game. They're playing in the semifinals tonight against, I believe, Cuba. Very fun to watch part of the game against Mexico, which actually absolutely sucked. But the thing I want to talk about here, Edwin Diaz... What did he injure? So he, he was celebrating Puerto Rico's win against the Dominican Republic, which was an awesome game to watch. Friggin' Francisco Lindor hit an uh, inside-the-park home run. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Now, Edwin Diaz is one of the best closers in baseball. Gained a lot of national uh, attention because of his, his his walkout song. With the horns and everything. It's like Mario Rivera with Enter Sandman. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, this is his thing. So every time you hear the, the horns, you go, oh, Edwin Diaz is, Diaz is coming to the game. And he's already been one of the better closers in baseball, but he's only amplified that in recent years with the New York Mets. And the Mets have invested a lot of money into this team. They have the richest owner in baseball. They have a very talented roster. Like They're going to be one of the favorites for a lot of people to go on and win the World Series this year because of a lot of the people that they have. But with that, Edwin Diaz injured himself celebrating Puerto Rico's win against, Dominic- again, against the Dominican Republic. And the injury, where is it at? I... <laughs> I'm trying to find the actual injury because I don't know what it, exactly what it was. I can't remember what it was. Suffered a right knee patellar injury celebrating Puerto Rico's win. Like, and they were just jumping on the diamond. like They were just celebrating their win. They were moving on to the semifinal, They are moving on the the knockout stage. They lost to Mexico, sadly, but they were moving on. And now this has sparked outrage about what the World Baseball Classic, is this something that should happen or is this something that shouldn't happen? So, so and so forth. I think it should happen. I think the World Baseball Classic means a lot of, to these people that are from these smaller nations, like the Dominican Republic, like Puerto Rico, like Colombia, like all these different countries, Venezuela, Cuba, all these different countries. It means so much to represent your country, and people are going like, this is a meaningless tournament, it doesn't mean, like, you're, it's just a, a off-season tournament, stuff like that. It's not. For these people, it means a lot. You're representing your country on your, your country's biggest sport. Like, for a country like the United States, it has so many different options in sport, so many different options for players. Like some of the best, like this Team USA is ridiculous in regards to the talent they have. You look at the batting order, the first three people in the batting order are reigning MVPs Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and freaking Paul Goldschmidt. Then Nolan was at four. Yeah, JT Muto at catcher. Like you've got all these different options. Freaking Trey Turner, Will Anderson, Will Anderson, not the Alabama guy, Tim Anderson, sorry. Like they've got so much talent on this roster, and yet it's not even as good as what it could be. Like, there's so many great players in the United States that this could be even better. So I understand why players do not want to participate in it and want to focus on the regular season. But this is a big honor for a lot of people out there. There are people that are making their names in the World Baseball Classic that maybe not have been well-known about. Look at some of the players on Mexico. like Some of these players that you might not have really heard of, and they start performing well in the World Baseball Classic, so that can lead to propel them to higher things. You see that a lot with the World Cup and stuff like that. And Brandon Nimmo... Who's an outfielder for the New York Mets, their leadoff hitter? He just got hurt sliding into second base yesterday. And a couple weeks ago, he talked about how he's not for the world baseball class. Or not necessarily for it or against it, but saying that he wouldn't participate in it. I was like, Well, you didn't like you didn't get invited to the party, so why are you talking shit about it? Like you didn't get invited. So why are you saying it? Why is your saying about this? Like I wanna I would love to hear like Aaron Judge talk about it, who would be worthy of going to that. I don't know if Brandon Nimmo really qualifies for that. Maybe he does. Maybe you can put him over Kyle Tucker. I don't know depending on what you want. But then he gets hurt. He's like, I don't want to get hurt in the World Baseball Classic. He got hurt in preseason. Like, injuries can happen anywhere. Maybe, because some people are like, oh, there's no, like, uh, Edwin Diaz would not have been celebrating like this in uh, freaking what do you call it, spring training. Yeah, but you could injure yourself walking downstairs. Friggin' Chase Elliott, what did he just injure? On a skiing trip? What did he hurt? He just broke something. And he's out for a while. For a while. Uh, t- 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 suffered an injury, snowboarding. Suffered a leg injury. And he's gonna be out for a while. Look at Manuel Neuer for Bayern Munich. Similar situation. Injured on a skiing, and snowboarding trip. Like things can happen outside of sport. You can get injured outside of sports. It's still normal life. Like these injuries can happen. And you look at the emotion from Team USA last night when they hit the wa- when Trey Turner hit the Grand Slam. You look at the emotion from Venezuela's players when they strike out people. You see all these different things. Puerto Rico coming together, all have the blonde hair and everything. Like, it might not mean the most to... Like, it might not mean the most to you out there, but for all these other countries, this is massive, massive moment for them. And to call it a meaningless tournament is just stupid. It's really stupid and ignorant at the same time. I understand why Mets fans are upset, but I don't care. I really don't care. Like, Marcus Stroman is really... Like Matt Mervis was with Team Israel... Uh, Miles Mastroni was with uh, with uh, Team Italy. Like, There's a few Cubs players that took place in this. I think it's funny that Marcus Stroman, <laughs> Marcus Stroman won the MVP of the last B- World Baseball Classic for Team USA when they won in 2017, and then he represented <laughs> Puerto Rico this tournament. I, did, I think that's funny. I do think that is kind of funny. But I don't know. I like the World Baseball Classic a lot. I don't think it's a meaningless tournament. I think it means a lot to these players, and to call it meaningless is just stupid. Okay, so that's it. The injury could have happened any time. It could have happened in the season. It could have happened in spring training. Hell, look at Brandon Nimmo. Get hurt. Like, it just happened. I don't know. It's not a meaningless term. So don't try to discredit it like that. So that's all I've got for you today. I do hope you enjoyed the show. If not, let me know down in the description below. But make sure you follow and subscribe as well. And if you did have something good to say, leave it down in the description as well. Not just bad things. Not just bad things. You said good things as well. So with that, I will see you all later. Hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. And I will see you all later. Check out Montrive 2.0 as well Peace.